And we are live for the return of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast, episode 15. I am your host, Matt Luz Luigi. And, you know, I don't even know why we're back because since we left, the Yankees have been red hot. So I, I don't even know what we're doing here. But, you know, tonight we got a four-man crew. It's me, it's Alex, it's Andrew, and we got a new co-host. Say hello to Matt G, but we're just going to call him G since I'm Matt. You know, he's Matt. And we call him G. What's up, G? What's up, guys? Happy to be here. I'm not. Um, <laughs> well, then log off now. <laughs> Alex is happy to be here. Um, That's it. That's the podcast. That's our show. I haven't had the pod in a few weeks. Uh, you know, busy with school. Uh, just a lot of things going on. But we're back now. It's summer. We're going to have a lot more time to podcast. And would you look at that? The Yankees have the best record in baseball, along with – Along with Boston, but you know we're not gonna talk about that right now. They're losing right now, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's currently uh, facing the pitcher that they got no hit against, actually. But yeah, the Yankees have been just probably the hottest team in baseball. You know, the Red Sox got off to that ridiculous start, and the Yankees followed it right up with winning. I mean, just a, ri- a ridiculous stretch. I think I don't think they've had a stretch like that in decades. I mean, this is something. But they went on a stretch that the 98 team really didn't even go on. Um, you know, it's it's really funny, actually. I think a few days ago was the first time that, like, the Yankees and Red Sox both lost on the same day. It, like, the, that happened for the first time only a few days ago. So that just shows you how just red hot these teams have been. And, you know, it just – it feels good, boys. It feels – after that 9-9 nine and nine start, a lot of Yankee fans just – Really, really down on this team, and rightfully so. It was it was pretty ugly. I think you know we almost forget how ugly some of those games were, but it feels good to be back. So, boys, I'm just gonna ask you really quick, really generally, what were some of your favorite moments from this just this awesome stretch the Yankees just went on? Start with you, Andrew. I'm gonna have to say it was the the three wins in a row in Houston. Uh, you know, it was at a point where they're winning a lot against Minnesota. L.A. was struggling a bit. So those wins were nice, but it wasn't necessarily like a definitive. The Yankees are back. They're here to dominate. And then Gary comes and hits that ninth inning home run off Ken Giles, forces him to punch himself in the face. Ha, ha, ha. But I think even the – the I think it was the Thursday afternoon game, the the afternoon game, was, was even better when they were – Ahead, Chad Green came in, blew the lead. They rallied again. Glaber had the hit. Judge had the go-ahead fielder's choice. I, that that was the moment to me. That was like, holy crap! This is it. This is for real. Uh, what about you, Alex? Uh, for me, the by far my favorite moment of this whole entire stretch was Gardner's triple off of uh, Kimbrel. Yeah, great. Game. Just because that game was so close the entire time. And when, but the Red Sox had the lead. And when they brought in Kimbrel, like part of me was like, oh God, Kimbrel's in. But I also just really knew that they they still had a shot to come back. And then Gardner hitting that triple, just it was fantastic. That was that so far, that's my favorite moment of the entire season so far. And G, what, what if you had to pick out one moment? Because, you know, the, I think. To be honest, I think Alex and Andrew might have taken the two best ones. Uh, I, I think of that Gary Homer and that uh, Guardy triple as the two defining moments for me. But what would you say, Jake? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say that Gardner triple only because I was actually listening <clears throat> on the radio John when Sanders. it happened live. 
And I remember going back, like, because we had posted that, someone posted the clip and we reposted it on our Twitter of the Sterling call. And I went back and listened to it like 10 plus times the next day. And I was like, like, that was like a playoff call. And it's May. And the stadium literally sounded over the radio like it was a playoff game. And he was so hype. And the fact now that, you know, what was it? Like the... Last year they had five wins when trailing after eight innings, and this year they already have four. And just time and time again throughout the last couple of weeks, it was like, oh, they're down and they come, they're coming back in the sixth, seventh, eighth inning. Like it's just, I feel like that moment like just perfectly encapsulated the whole stretch because you know just more and more every day you're just like, damn, this team is really good. Like, yeah, if uh, if I, I'm gonna pick a moment that. You know, to me, because being a big Seve guy, that complete game shutout for Seve in Houston was just awesome. Especially, you know, it, to keep the scoreless inning streak going. I, I forget what Houston got to in that third game, but they, they were they got shut out back to back games at home, and which was just awesome to see. Especially after you know the way the last ALCS ended with us not being able to hit in Houston, a little bit of taste of their own medicine. But mm. yeah, they're just an awesome stretch. Um, I'm gonna. We had, back we had two rookie walk-offs in that stretch, and no one said that's their favorite I, moment. I mean, Andrew, you, know, you cut me off. I was about to say, we had, I believe, three to, three total walk-offs that stretch, right? And two of them by rookies. And Yeah, Gary even, started it way back into Minnesota. Say, it, well, well, with Gary, you know, he had the walk-off against Minnesota, but, you know, he had the game-winning home run against Houston. Obviously, that's not a walk-off, but just so many late. And even in the last two games over the weekend in which the Yankees lost to Boston and Houston back-to-back days, even in those games, they staged comebacks. They were down four nothing against Boston, and one inning tied it up. They were down big early on to Oakland in that game, where a great pitch. But you know they fought back, and they, of course they didn't come back. But this team just has fight to them. This team, I think they've I, they've already come back almost as much as they did last year. You know? And the LA game was awesome too. Remember they they tied the game in the ninth. Did oh, say yeah, that's, on the tenth. Like it's yeah, so many times they came back late. Ball. Yeah, I mean, there's just numerous games, and uh, the the comeback against Cleveland might be that. The was that the same game where Herman had the no yeah, hitter? Yeah, the no hitter. Mm-hmm, it was him and uh, Cleveland. You're going. That, that was an awesome game. So just the amount of games in that stretch that were just awesome classic games. Like those usually are spread out over the course of a year, and we got them all in you know a three week span. It's just just unbelievable. I, I even. Even this weekend, it was a classic trap series, right? You get off this brutal stretch, and then you're at home to a team in the A's who aren't great by any stretch of the imagination, but they're not they're not like the Oreos or Rays either. You know, they could they have a pretty good lineup, and they could beat you. And, you know, that first game, they come out and hit you in the mouth, and then that second game, it looks like they're on their way to another win, and you take a game Saturday and you take a game Sunday to keep this stretch going, I think. Now that's seven consecutive series the Yankees have won, which I believe, yeah, it's been a full month, full 30 days that they haven't lost a series. So, you know, if you don't lose a series over a month, you're probably doing something right. Um, And also, just to chime back in with one of maybe the funnier moments to me was in that two, the two home run game by Gary, I think, against Minnesota. And... 
you know, the first one was cool, Oppo, and he hit it into right field. And then the second one was that bomb that he hit into Monument Park, and he hit it, and the pitcher just immediately reacted like he was just, like, swearing at himself. And it was just <laughs> – that one was really funny to me because he knew it automatically. That was a bomb. Yeah, I love anytime someone – how anytime someone hits it into Monument Park, you just always – K, Sterling, always just have to mention that it's into Monument Park. One of my favorite things, but – yeah, let's talk about that Oakland series really quick, being it was the most recent series. Took two or three from the A's. Uh, A's are playing you know, just around 500 ball coming into that series. And, you know, let's just talk about that game uh, Friday really quick because that was the ugly game. That is the first time I believe a team has scored 10 runs against the Yankees uh, all season. And... Hmm. Who else would be on the mound starting when the team scores 10 runs against the Yankees other than Sonny Gray, who... Your boy. Uh, it, like, as somebody who coming into this season was just not not on the Sonny Gray tray, a lot of people were. And I just, I can't believe how bad he's been. Like, I, I, It's unbelievable. Like, his three best starts... I believe he's gone six innings and given up like two or three runs. So what you're saying is you did not think he was going to win the Cy Young this year? Um, I didn't even think he'd be in like the top 15 of voting, to be honest. I just don't – I've seen like a downward trend for Sonny Gray in the last few years, and he's just really continued it. Um, like he's, re- he's really been one of the worst pitchers in baseball, and it just it boils your blood at just how he pitches because he has such great stuff. I mean – when he's on, it's fun to watch. But man, you you haven't even been into the you haven't even gone seven innings this year, and, and you call yourself the starting pitcher. And th- and then just to hear him after the game. What was I don't remember the exact quote, but he said something along the lines of, "Oh well, like I thought I pitched well. Like other than those two home runs, like you thought you pitched well. Like you thought you pitched well in that Oakland. You were awful. Like how could you say? I like how could ah." Uh, Someone take it away before I before I throw my microphone. <laughs> well, it's because he was ahead 0-2 on both guys, I believe. Uh, and even Aaron Boone said it the next day that you know he he made a couple of mistake pitches. Which again, if you're going to say you had a good performance, you don't make those pitches. But that's a whole other story. I, I think uh, what what Aaron Boone saw, what Austin Romine uh, gave his feedback, and what Sonny Gray ultimately Personal felt passion. is that he was attacking the zone. He was throwing strikes. He wasn't nibbling as much, and that's an improvement. But then he went from not throwing any strikes to throwing too many good strikes right down the middle. And so I don't really think that's the better alternative. See, yeah, my thing is, like, Gray reminds me a lot of Pineda just because he'll get ahead of hitters. And he, especially in that start, he was attacking them and throwing a lot of strikes, but he just couldn't put them away and he'd get, and he'd get hit with two strikes. Mm-hmm. So he just, he just, he's like Pineda. He has a lot of potential, but he just cannot harness any of it at all. I'm going to give you a better comparison than Pineda, Phil Hughes. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, he's definitely more Phil Hughes to me because I, uh, just annoying. I think it's entirely possible. I think it's possible that he could be one of those guys where it's like, you know, he came up and he had a couple of good years. And I mean, it, you know, he still has good stuff. Like it hasn't gone away, but like he could never, maybe he'll never re harness like you know pitching like an ace when he was pitching for the a's for a couple of years and like it's not like this stuff is gone it's just he's not pitching well and when you say like you know he thought he had a good start but you still gave up five or six runs you know when he's giving up 
you know, a bunch of runs and getting bombed earlier this season, it's because he's not attacking the zone. And now he's giving up a bunch of runs because he is attacking the zone, but he's doing it too well. So I don't, you know, I think it's hard for us to really be like, you know, this is why he's not pitching well. But I think, I don't know, it's, you know, it's it's hard to, to definitively say like, you know, oh, he's just got to do this because he's done both of those things now and the results still are bad. Yeah, there's not one specific thing he's doing wrong where like, Dellen, the beginning of this year, like I wrote, he was just throwing a lot more strikes and was way more hittable. And then he's been so much better since then. Gray, just I, I don't know what he could do to be better because he's pitching like how he has been. He just is being bombed and he's not, he's not hit, getting hitters out. It's just the thing I notice about Gray is you see. He can't find a healthy medium between nibbling and then just throwing every pitch in the zone. Like he'll like he'll get ahead 0-2 and then just throw three pitches that aren't even close to anywhere. And you're like, okay, now now you're back in the same spot. Like you just can't find that healthy medium. And listen to this: in all of eight great of gray starts this year, he has walked at least two batters. He's walked three batters: two, two, four, five, three, two, and three. That's Ugh. 24 walks and 38 innings. That's pretty good. That's pretty He has a 1.84 whip so far this year, so that's good. That's got to be leading the league, right? I mean, it's, it's up there. It's that's got to be up there. Yeah. 6-3-9 ERA. Um, he hasn't gone – the most innings he's on is six innings. He's gone six innings a few times, has not gone any more than that. Just, I mean, it's, it's really – it's unbelievable for a guy that a lot of people had high hopes for, and it's still early. Definitely still early, but at least, you know, with Tanaka last year, like he was getting bombed. Like he, when he just had a bad start, he was just getting ragged on. He was just leaving pitches right down the middle of the play. And you said, okay, but he still saw flashes. He would still yeah. go out against Boston and throw a complete game shot. And you say, oh, okay. Gray hasn't given you that. Like even those starts against Houston and Cleveland, like I get both of them are very good teams, but. You know, six innings, two runs. That's like that's a pretty good start. That's that shouldn't be your best start of the season. Like people wanted to crown him, like, oh, Gray's back. I'm like, why? Because he went six innings and gave up two runs and two straight starts. That's what a pitcher at his level should be doing most times. Yeah, when when Gray was good, that would be like a mediocre start for him. Six innings, two runs. When he like when he was the ace of the ace, he would be going eight innings, no runs. You know? Yeah. Nine strikeouts. Yeah. Instead of six innings, game. four strikeouts, two runs, two walks. Did he strike out only one guy in this last start? Or was that another start? I'm confusing. Uh, he might have been. struck out two guys. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For a guy with his stuff, he should not He should not be striking out that little guys. I feel like he doesn't have a lot of left and right movement. Though, right? He's just fastball, curveball. So there's no – you're changing the eye level, but you're not getting stuff you – know, you're not working inside-outside yeah. a lot. Listen to Gray's line from uh, Friday. Five innings, nine hits, five runs, three walks, two strikeouts, two home runs. Ugly. Yeah. yeah. Like, just like that's the thing. Like, just real. Like, how could you say with that line, like, oh, I thought I pitched well? Like, you gave up 12 base runners over five innings, man. What are you. What, uh. Anyways, let's move on to Saturday. Uh, <laughs> Before we get there, we didn't, we didn't get the official Matt intro. I Oh no! You're. We, I was gonna do the G intro at the end of the show, you know, because uh, that's we, we just, a weird time for it. We just haven't been, you know, we haven't. Uh, hey, thanks for listening to me for an hour. Let me tell you a little bit about myself. <laughs> <laughs> of that, I'll just say one more thing about Sonny Gray, 
and I guess as it relates to the whole personal catching business, since we've had a, a couple times through the rotation now, and it's been a couple good ones and a couple bad ones, like, you know, while it's still, you know, beginning of the season, you're still trying to figure this guy out. Like I'm okay to go along with it, especially because Romine's been hitting, you know, decently, but like, as you get further into the season, I think it's probably, you know, if it doesn't start to turn around, I think you should eventually just go back to putting him with Gary because, you know, like in the playoffs, you're not going to put Austin Romine in there. Ideally, like eventually he's going to have to learn to throw to Gary Sanchez. Well, at this rate, Sonny Gray ain't pitching in the playoffs. You know, I don't think that's a big concern. I, I think you'd, it's more likely Gumby gets a playoff start over Sonny Gray at this point. I mean, Gumby has to come back and, you know, actually not be injured first. We also have to see how, uh, you know, DeMarmon pans out for the next couple months. Yeah, that's another guy who we're going to be talking about because, I mean, what was it, eight and a third straight scoreless innings or Mm -hmm. hitless innings to start his uh, career as a starting pitcher? And then he gave up five runs, but. Then he gave up, then he kind of blew up a little bit, (laughs) but I got to expect that. He was – I really liked uh, Herman, though. I think he has really good stuff. I like the life on his fastball. He's got a little bit of movement. And he saved I mean, that game that Montgomery got hurt. You go back to the, the Houston series. He got yeah, hurt in the he, first inning. Yeah. came and shut the door for four innings. Yeah, that, that started his whole – you know, his hot streak. He four shutout innings against Houston and then just, you know, six no-hit innings against Cleveland. It's decent. Uh, yeah. I mean, did any of you guys hear what he actually had to say after the game? Because, I mean, I was – I was at the game. I wasn't really following the post game, but like it wasn't, you know, there was a string of warm days and then it, that one was kind of breezy and kind of wet. Like, you know, he breathed through those first couple innings and then he just stopped throwing strikes. Like, so I'd be interested to, you know, if, to see if he had anything to say, like if he just, you know, lost the grip on the ball or if he, I don't know, if he just lost it, like he literally just stopped throwing strikes. It was kind of like he flipped a switch, except, you know, in the wrong direction. I didn't hear what he said, but I would think it's more along the lines of he was trying to get, like, he was trying to be, trying to pitch to the batters, like, more carefully. Just because it seemed like his, like, it was the second second or third time to, through the order that the A's got to him. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe they got that first hit off him in the fourth inning, and then he immediately got yeah. a double play to get out of it. Yeah. But, yeah, then that, uh, yeah, he gave up five runs in, I believe, the fourth, and then he was brought back out. And give another run. Can we go back and shame ourselves for a second? It wasn't publicly said, but we had our our, our group me chat. We were talking, and I remember specifically me and Alex. We were talking after we got that double play. I just saw like, imagine this rotation in two years. Sonny's gone. Cece's going to be retired. <laughs> we got Herman as our number three, and then the next day came and got blasted. It's like, yeah, I'm trying to sure get ahead of ourselves a little bit. Herman, Herman's our future number three. Like, I mean, <laughs> and then we got humbled real quick. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that that, that tends. I to mean. I think he does. He definitely does have good stuff, though. So no, he really I, does. I really he like might not be off that track. You know, as 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 much of an overreaction as it is to say that after one start, it's still an overreaction to go back completely in the other direction after one bad start because he still does have really good stuff. Oh yeah, he does. And uh, his next start, I think uh, he's going to have a little bit of hey, scheduled to face the Royals Saturday night. And I don't know if you've been paying attention, but the Royals are pretty bad. I mean, they basically hit, but the entire AL Central is bad. Yeah, that's including the Indians. Yeah, the Indians have. Yeah, the Indians are what five hundred. They'll figure it out, but yeah, right now they're 
an average baseball team, the Indians. Yeah. But yeah, that game Saturday, uh, very exciting game. Gee, how? I mean, you were there. That was a great game to go to. How was the atmosphere in the stadium that day? Because I'm looking at the attendance. There was 41,000 there. So decent amount I'd say, I mean, that was definitely not the amount of people who were in the who were there for the whole time. And then especially after um, after, you know, it rained a little bit and then, you know, the extra innings and people left. But it was definitely still fun. Like it was a good, you know, at the the most exciting points of the game, you definitely still feel it. And there was definitely a buzz. I think the thing that I was happiest about in general was, um, you know, Herman left, whatever it was after the fifth inning. And then the bullpen came in and threw six scoreless innings. Uh, you know, green came out and, you know, I was watching me and my friend were watching the gun and they were just blowing them away. Like, you know, 97, you know, Batanz is right after him. He came through and he was throwing 98, you know, 99, just blowing him away. Like people got up for that stuff. And that was really cool and exciting in the stadium. Um, and then, you know, the Chapman roller coaster and then the Gardner play at home where he threw, you know, the, the double play at home plate was, um, you know, it was good. Like on a day where in the past you'd be like, oh, it's kind of rainy and gross and people aren't there, but like people still – got hyped for it yeah and to be more specific with that bullpen the yankees bullpen that day which holder green batances chapman and aj cole all pitched they combined for six innings no hits 10 strikeouts how many walks though that's the real question five or five Um, yeah and that was only chapman and cole uh holder batances did not walk anybody and Cole Before, walked the first two guys he faced and then got six in a row out, right? Yeah, it was funny. Like, I was watching the game with my dad, and, like, Cole comes out and walks first two guys. My dad's like, oh, what, what is it with this guy? And then he just starts mowing guys down, just looks, like, invincible. That's one of those situations that Aaron Boone would have gotten, you know, crucified. But, you know, as much as the Yankees have, like, a ridiculous bullpen, I mean, you can't play – you can't use all the best pieces in a tie game that could go on for God knows how long. Like, oh, no, oh, no, he made the right move. To, uh, for sure. Well, yep. you can't have like, in two weeks. Yeah. Well, no, in that situation, you also can't really have D-Rob pitch because he had pitched the night before and given up three runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah, D-Rob has looked a little bit shaky this season. It's, not a lot of people have talked about that, but – Definitely has not been his usual self, but he's had some good outings. But for the but he's also had some ones where he's just been really, really off. Yeah, yeah. Um, another guy I want to give a shout out to uh, Jonathan Holder since he's, I believe, uh, our very own. I don't want to mispronounce his last name, Andrew, but I believe one of our writers recently wrote an article about Holder about how since he's come back from AAA, he's been great. I think he has like nine and two thirds shutout innings, two hits since he's gotten called back up. Yeah, he's been on point, man. And, you know, Holder's a guy that I you know, really never thought too highly of, but hey, he's pitching really well right now. Shout the man out. Give it, give, give it a try. You got to shout out the man. Is it? It's K A. No, I'm not going to mispronounce. I hate people mispronouncing people's names, but it's happened to me all my life. Jonathan Kohut. Kohut. Okay. I yeah, that's that. what I'm. Go- that's what I'm going for. If yeah. you pronounced it wrong. He wrote. He wrote a really good piece about Jonathan Holder. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately for, for, for Jonathan, he also wrote a really good piece about a week ago uh, about Sonny Gray and how he had more success mm. with 
with Austin Romine as his personal catcher, which stats backed it up, and then he went out the next day and absolutely got blasted. So we shout him out. We're very up his credibility, and Andrew's just like, no nope. Andrew just said, nope. He was wrong about Sunny Gray. We're <laughs> done. Um, but yeah, that Saturday's game obviously ends with now Neil Walker walk off. Um, insert your joke there about that. But Neil Walker, he's you know for somebody that was screaming for him to be designated for assignment. It, week or two ago he's he's proven that he's a pretty good guy to have on the squad especially uh especially if he's going to be the backup first baseman because this is something we'll get into a little bit later in the show but you know greg bird coming back neil walker might be that perfect backup first baseman Mm -hmm. um so yeah let's uh sunday's game was a uh, you know mother's day had the uh, pink the pink unis which i know a lot of people aren't fans of a lot of people are uh they went I don't know if I was down with like the all pink hats. Like I, I don't that that was kind of weird to me. It was weird. I it was did like, not like the pink, pink hats. Too. It wasn't yeah. the neon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was what I'm saying. It was almost like you looked at the hats and he's like, "That's like a weird pink." <laughs> yeah. I had I had a no I had no problem with like the pink like sleeves and stuff. Oh no, but I the hats that. were just really weird because they were a lighter shade. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, Sunday's game it was a Sevy Sunday. Um, you know, isn't it crazy that like a standard savvy start? And I was like, yeah, you know, six innings, one run, seven strikeouts. Like, yeah, and like that's not even that's, was per- that's a good start. Right? Right? Yeah, that's he, not, that's what I'm yeah he was decent. You know, he, yeah, he was, like a quote unquote pedestrian start by Luis Severino was Sonny Gray's best start of the season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not even because Sonny Gray's best start was six innings, two runs, and Sevy went six innings, one run this start. But yeah, no, it's. Definitely uh, just goes to show you ERA is now 2.14. He's 6-1 and one on the season. Uh, the 106 pitches over six innings, that's definitely something that de- – definitely not a pitch count that you want to have. But, you know, if he, he, I think he's proven that – I forget what exactly his pitch was, but I, mean, I think his 100th pitch or his 98th pitch of the game was 98. I mean, just so Verlander-esque. I always think of just old, like, prime Verlander in the last inning of, like, one of his no-hitters just almost hitting 100. And yeah, I mean, Sevy just—he just—I just love watching him blow that fastball guy, guys, right in the zone. And it's something that I mean, if you—I <laughs> I love Tanaka, but if you're Tanaka, as I got, you probably just so mad watching that. Like, God, like, why can't I do that, man? He just blow, <laughs> throwing his fastball up in the zone, just no worries in the world. It's 97, seat, sit down. Um, but Tanaka yeah, used to be able to throw that fast. We never really saw him throw that hard though that's, when he that's came what I'm here. Saying. Like, He's always been like that's what I'm saying. It's not just probably looking at that and knowing that, yeah, like shit. It's, it's nice. Well, I mean, like when I was in Japan, that's all I used to do. Tanaka doesn't throw many four seam fastballs in general because that's like the one pitch that he really gets blasted on. Oh, his, Every his other pitch is yeah, it's gone down each year in the bigs. His fastball percent, how much he throws. I think it was like 2015. His percentage of four seamers, which is like it was like 30 percent of them were hit out or something like that. It was insane. 2015 yeah. had a good year too. That's that's interesting. Yeah. He wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. 2016 was the year he should have won the Cy Young though. He was really good in 2016. But yeah, Sunday's game, not a lot happened. Uh, Chad Green, Betances both looked great. Chase Shreve, a little bit of adventure in that last inning. Uh, but you know, the man of the man of the day really was Giancarlo Stanton. Four for four, had a home run, three RBIs. Got that average up to 252. He's uh he's doing well. I think we all saw like Katie Sharp's stat about uh, how he almost has like identical numbers as to last year through forty games. 
which clearly doesn't mean he's on pace to once again hit almost 60 home runs because I don't think you could rely on him. Hit 16 yeah. home runs in a month. <laughs> like you can't rely on him hitting uh, like 18 in a month and like 30 over two months. I mean, he could definitely do it again, but it's just good to see the big G uh, finally start to uh, get in a bit of a groove, especially at the stadium. Cause that was a, that was a big issue. Like where most of his big games, his big performances were away from the stadium. And that was by far his best game at Yankee stadium. You know, four for four, just man, I, like, I still just don't like his stance. Like, I, it still just makes me mad, like, watching him. Because I'm like, dude, that looks so uncomfortable. Like, that's definitely not, like, the best it way to It shouldn't work. Yeah, like, that's, that's definitely a, not. That's, there's that's a better way to stand in the box. Like, there has to be. But, man, when he just gets a fastball, like, outside corner and just hits it into the right center, it, it, it's a thing of beauty. It really is. Like, that, the home run that he hit um, against the Red Sox where it was literally just, like, a laser beam into the left field, lower deck, like, yeah. No, stuff like that makes you think, like, damn, he's really close to just squaring the ball mm-hmm. up. Like, his swing is so – I mean, the stance is definitely awkward. His swing is so violent, though. Like, his bat is just so fast through the zone. Like, he really does just punish the ball when he makes, like, solid contact like that. And he's definitely – you know, he hit a couple hard balls. He hit that hard, you know, liner over third base yesterday. Like, just starting to hit the ball harder more. He shattered his bat. I don't know if you guys – if you watch the replay, there's a huge splinter that comes off right from his handle, and the ball still rocketed down the line. Yeah. He just – he looks so much more comfortable playing Yankee Stadium now. Or like, beginning of the season, you could just tell he was really letting the pressure of playing Yankee Stadium get to him. Mm-hmm. But now he looks – he knows exactly what he's doing, and he's not letting the crowd get to him at all. Yeah. Like, I remember, I think it was during, yeah, it was during Harper's rookie year. As I was going, I went to a Marlins Nationals game, and Stanton hit a ball out to left field. It had to get out in like less than three and a half seconds. It was just like a straight line drive. And anytime I see him just hit one of those line drive home runs at Yankee Stadium, it's just insane. Like, this is, like, it's so awesome because you have Judge and Stanton, and Judge usually hits homers that, you know, are in the air for a good five seconds, where Stanton usually just hits line drive then. It's just so beautiful to watch how two different two power hitters each hit like their home runs. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. but Judge is funny because you know you both you think like oh they're both these just big hulking strong guys like Giancarlo mm-hmm. has this awkward violent like uncomfortable looking swing and Judge has you know he's got a nice bat through the zone he's got a beautiful follow through and finish like you know the ball that he hit to. Um, right field off the wall to start yesterday's game. The double was, you know, he just kind of swung through it and he powered it out to right field. And it just, you know, like that high finish and follow through, he just got a beautiful swing. So it's just funny because they're, you know, same size and they hit these monstrous home runs. They're totally different though. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, you know, I wanted to just talk about because, you know, there's a lot of questions, especially when your team is 16 games over 500. You start to uh, start to find things to kind of like complain about and to debate about, and you know, the, yeah, you start to nitpick a little bit. And you know, one of the things that people have started to talk about is, you know, with the uh, you know Greg Bird comeback on the horizon, and you know, you obviously like I'm not, I'm the type of person that like, hey, I'm not going to believe Greg Bird's back until he is in a lineup for the Yankees and until he's on the field, right? But you know, assuming Greg Bird comes back in the next couple of weeks, you know, someone's going to be need to be sent down. And, you know, it's obviously not going to be Gleyber Torres. Um, Ronald Torres isn't getting sent down, hitting 
over 300 and just doing his job perfectly. And you know, it doesn't look like Andujar is going to get sent down either. I don't I mean, he, I think if Andujar was going to get sent down, it would have happened like today. You know, I think them saying sending jury to triple A just shows you like, hey, right now, Andujar is our third baseman. He's earned that spot. He's playing well enough to, you know, keep playing that spot. But, you know, I'm, I'm someone on, under the impression, I'm going to let you guys take it from here, that, you know, once Greg Bird comes back, Tyler Austin is going to be heading down to AAA, and Neil Walker is going to be the backup first baseman. And, you know, I think I think Brandon Drury is going to find his spot his spot on the MLB roster once he gets his vision sorted out. You guys, Do you guys agree or disagree with that? I agree with that. I really think I, I'm a huge Tyler Austin guy. I think he could be – he's the type he could hit – he might not hit over 240 in a season, but he could hit – 25, 30 homers yeah, if he I've played consistently. Dan Nugla, I'm telling you, Tyler Austin could be like a Dan Nugla type of player. Yeah, but he's been really bad recently. He's, I, I think, for his last 20. Yeah, I was thinking you were saying that before in the group me, but um, I think if Bird comes back, the Yankees are definitely going to want to see what they have from Bird because he just he could be so good. So they'll send down Austin. Um. And just go with Bird and Walker, and with the case of Drury, he definitely is, he's not gonna spend the rest of the year in AAA. He's definitely gonna be playing more. He's gonna be back on the team at some point. Um, it just depends on when. Like if obviously the Yankees get another injury, but he'll be back at some point. I would think probably soon. Um, it just it it depends on how the everyone else is playing. Like Andujar all of a sudden gets into a slump, they're obviously going to bring Drury back up, mm-hmm. you know? So it, it, it depends on th- how the rest of the team does with the case of Drury. Uh, well, you know, there's, there's one player who's colder than Tyler Austin right now. And um, his name is Didi. Gr- no, I'm totally, totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Didi is to his, it's like the coldest game, but I mean, I, I'm not even going to begin to entertain wait, the fact that they would send him down. DDFA. Oh, uh, hey, we had DDs yesterday, so <laughs> yeah, that was a funny video. I saw that. No, uh, no. Um, I, I think it has to be Tyler Austin, and then to be honest, I don't see how you find room for jury without an injury. Uh, Tyler Austin will will be the sacrificial lamb when Bird's ready, and the only way. They bring back juries if they shorten their bullpen, which I don't think they want to do. Um, so either David Hale or AJ Cole pay the price, or a middle infielder, or even potentially like an Aaron Hicks gets hurt. Because Jury does have experience playing in the outfield. If they have to put him in left field, I know he played a bunch there with Arizona. He could do that. Uh, I don't know if that's really their plan right now, but it's something that you know, push come to shove. They they could use him there. Uh, I, ultimately, I think they they got to make sure he's seeing straight. Not even seeing the ball, seeing just seeing yeah. his fingers in front of his own hand, in front of his own face, straight, uh, and, and he'll be down probably until someone gets injured. The thing is, though, like even if they do bring up Drury and sacrifice him from the bullpen, they're gonna have Canley and Warren back in the future, in the near future too. So you'd have to think that Cole and Hale are gonna be the sacrificial lambs for that. Yeah, that's true. Um, I would think I would think they'd send Cole down. Just because I know he's young and well, I, he, he doesn't have options, right? He was oh, he by the Nationals, so I don't okay. think he has options with them. I or if the Nationals would have kept him. 
Okay, well then, yeah, the Yankees will just probably DFA both of them to get Warren and Holder back, or not Holder, Canely back. Um, so that there's two options right there that you can't really have as a way of Drury getting on the roster. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, <clears throat> Herman, I don't know how long Montgomery's going to be out, but you know they're going to need Herman for that uh, fifth starter role, and yeah. I think they, I think they do want to keep that long bullpen, especially with uh, you know, just how much Boone likes to use different uh, guys in the bullpen. And yeah, I think uh, like Torres is just he's he's playing the perfect role right now. I mean, just like he did last year, just that utility guy that could like I just love Torres how he just goes up there and tacks. I think he has to have like one of the lowest pitches like per at bat in baseball. He has to, because the guy doesn't see any more than like four pitches per at bat. But yeah, I, I just think that Drury some way, somehow is going to find his spot on this team because I the Yankees front office just really likes him. And guys, Brandon Drury with good vision could be the best baseball player ever. We just don't know it yet. <laughs> I mean, this guy could come back and be hitting like 360, 10 home runs in a monthly. We don't know. I was uh, I was definitely surprised to see that they had activated him and just put him in AAA today. It seemed like it was a little out of the blue, but I mean I don't know. I think we've seen differing reports recently that you know he's still experiencing symptoms, and then you know, but Cashman had gone on the radio recently and said they expect him to be activated sooner rather than later. I think if he is still experiencing stuff, then it's probably easier for them to just have him be in AAA and just play in games with like, you know, less of a spotlight. And uh, I mean, people always get injured. So, you know, if someone gets injured, he'll come back up just because, you know, he's probably the best player on that team, the most qualified anyway. But um, it seems like we're all pretty, you know, it's pretty agreed upon that Tyler Austin's going to go because he, you know, he had some big hits early in the season and ever since maybe the suspension, he's just, been really bad and neil walker has starting you know he's starting to come on he seems like so many of the rallies that were started were started with a neil walker you know a base hit or a walk and even though he's still only batting 210 he has an on-base percentage of 300 so you know and you know he could play first he was seen taking grounders at third the other day he's played second you know god knows where else he can play so I just think if Tyler Austin was still hitting, it wouldn't be it would be a hard decision, but I really don't think it's all that difficult. I agree. I completely agree. Um, you know, a guy that, you know, I think since the our last episode, this guy was still in AAA, so we're just gonna talk about him a bit because he definitely deserves it. Uh Glaber Torres is really damn good at baseball. Um, since he's been called up in sixty-nine at bats, he's hitting three nineteen, three homers, twelve RBIs. Um and not to mention, the guy is a phenomenal fielder. So, guys, uh, are we fully in love with the 21-year-old phenom, Glaber Torres, yet? I don't think it's possible for you not to be. Yeah. I so, to I, I think if, if you were on the fence about him, you could not have not loved him after he hit the walk-off home run. Yeah, like, that, I, that, just, that just sealed it, you know? I mean, he has the big hit in Houston. Um, he's just like playing a great second base, like game in, game out. Has the walk? Then he has the walk off. I mean, and by the way, that walk off homer, 
Did any of us think that ball was getting out? Off no, I thought it was a fly out to yeah, shallow like, center. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, all right, that, I'm like, that's looking good. I'm like, I'm like, and then you know, oh, it's going, it's, it's going, going still. Extra base, I'm like, extra base hit, and then that, but do you see the guys in the bullpen just look? I'm just like, wait a minute. Wouldn't that have won the game? And we weren't. Wasn't it second and third? I mean, he would have been a second to win the game. Right? I think no. I think it was first and second. Yeah, it was first and second. Okay. Yeah, but I'm pretty know. pleasantly surprised that he's been hitting home runs I, I mean i maybe it's me i just didn't expect him to come up and you know i expect him to come up and you know get some hits raise some extra base hits because he was hitting really well in triple a but the fact that it's been a couple of weeks and he already has like three or four home runs like i don't know i'm just excited you know yeah get up to that you know you know 15 20 homer mark like i don't know maybe it's me well in this when he first came up like the first week or so he wasn't really hitting for that much power. He was just hitting a bunch of singles and then against the Indians he hit his first home run. And that's kind of what started the spark and power. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's got an awesome bat. Like, I honestly expected him to pop out a few home runs just because he was such like a highly touted prospect. Then, you know, you're not that highly touted of a hitter if you can't pop a few out and yeah, man, he's, he doesn't, he, obviously he doesn't have like, you know, like great power, but He's definitely a guy that I see hitting, you know, 20, 25 homers a year uh, for most of his career. And, you know, something I've seen on Twitter that, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it rubbed me the wrong way or just I don't see it yet. But do you guys see the Cano comparisons at second? Because I've seen them. And, you know, like so people have said that, like, oh, he's this is like the smoothest second baseman I've seen, like, since Cano. And, he might you know, he might even be, like, smoother Cano, smoother than Cano. And – in my opinion, there is no second baseman smoother than Robbie Cano. I mean, that man, like, he could feel the ground ball and throw it to first from like left field without effort, you know? But uh, Robbie Cano. Yeah, I think it helps the fact there. that, um, well, Torres is, is a shortstop by trade, so that helps. Uh, that he I was has... about to say, like, I'm at, like, you know, like, he, Glaber, Glaber Torres is most likely going to be the Yankee second baseman for the foreseeable future, being that, you know, the guy at short is probably not going anywhere. So, like, obviously, Glaber's a shortstop, but for the time being, he's a second baseman. Is he like doesn't look out of pitch at all, though. Like, right. he, oh, absolutely. He, I was about to say, he's, a, he's the best sec, defensive second baseman we've had since. Kuhn. And I mean, he's I, mean I love Didi. I love Didi, but you look at how smooth Glaber Torres is. I just, you know, part of me wonders, like, I'd like to see him just get it. Get a chunk of time at shortstop just because he'd probably be really impressive. Well, I think as the season goes, I think he, I think he will get like you know if DD has an off day, they'll use Torres. I don't yeah. think they're gonna move Torres. I don't think they're gonna you mess think with. So? You think yeah. so? I don't know. I think they could put Glaber at short if they were get because I, I don't know about you guys. Toe on the left side of the infield scares the hell out of me. Like anytime Toe has to make a throw from third base, I like <laughs> I like cover my eyes. With his noodle arm. Like, oh, oh my god! Like. He like be two worse than Chase Headley. Oh my god! I knew you were gonna say uh, <laughs> pouring out for Chase Headley, who uh, just yeah. got by the Padres. He had like six hits in like twenty games or something. So pouring out for him. He's hitting like one thirteen. But <laughs> poor guy. Yeah, no, but honestly, though, like Glaber is just like that's that's the thing that's just taken me back. Because even you know you see a lot of these guys, these high tired prospects, come up and. A lot of them will be bad in the field. You know, it's a normal thing that it takes guys a while to, you know, become really good fielders. And, for, you know, I know he's made like, you know, one or two bad plays. He's made a couple mistakes, I think a couple errors, but 
I mean, he just strikes me as a guy that is going to bring home at least a few gold gloves. I mean, he's just awesome in the field. I think that's funny because of how bad the Yankees were to start the season in the field, and then the young guys came up and kind of brought this energy, and now that seems to be solidifying a little bit. Like maybe well, it was well, – Let's be fair. We had a guy at third base who couldn't see first base and was throwing blindly. I mean, I guess <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, like our third baseman was blind. Like <laughs> that's that's one thing with uh, Andohar. Like his whole fit, the whole reason the Yankees were keeping him down was because of his defense, and he's been perfectly fine defensively. Uh, uh, you know, Alex, the plays that he has. I, I hate to me. say this. I hate. I hate to say this. Miguel Andohar, according to stats, very analytical stats, is the worst defensive third baseman in baseball right now. That's not that's not me talking. Those are the stats. I have not I mean, seen that. <laughs> I I I you know he only made he only has two errors on the season. So like I all right guys, I'm gonna pull this up right now because I'm pretty sure yeah. his UZR is like like negative three already. <laughs> oh <laughs> dear God! Thank you, Derek Jeter. I don't look. Derek I saw Jeter. It. Oh, go on, G. Derek Jeter. I mean, I love Derek Jeter. That was like my idol. You know, he was he relied more upon like you know positioning and know how rather than just like great range because he really didn't have that like no no so Derek Jeter won gold gloves because he just made every play like Andujar seems like you know maybe we all overreacted a little bit like he's making the plays that are hit to him but you know but he doesn't have the instinct yeah he doesn't he doesn't make a lot of other plays like that's true there was that one play um, down the line against the A's yeah that way he threw through to first base when he had a clear shot at the runner yeah yeah. Like that's, no, that, see, like, that's the type of stuff that you see and you just say, ooh, like, that's that's a bad baseball play. Like, you yeah. should know right yeah. away to throw a hole. Hey, guys, check like, this out. Um, so here, here it is. I just looked it up. Um, I'm on fan graphs right now. So in 252 innings in the field so far, uh, Miguel Andohar has a negative 3.6 UZR. That's pretty good. Not cute. And already negative six defensive runs saved. Uh, <laughs> so he only has two errors, but all right, I Vance take back don't everything him. I just said. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I literally spent five minutes shaming Alex's opinion. <laughs> yeah, I think that what Alex meant to say is Andujar hasn't been like just downright dreadful, downright like the, like, the, the guy eye test. He, he makes all the yeah, plays. Exactly, exactly. That's what been, I'm saying. Like, if you, you showed Andujar to a casual. Fa- if you showed Andy Hart to a casual fantasy, they wouldn't, you know, say, "Oh, this guy's awful at third. But yeah, it's just stuff that you like. I was saying this to Andrew earlier. Doesn't it seem like Andy Hart has dove after like fifteen balls this year? He hasn't gotten any of them. Like he's gotten a few. Of, it just seems like every time a ball is hit down the line, like <laughs> you see Andy Hart dive after, it and he just doesn't get it. You're like, ah. like after I noticed it the other day. So man, Andy Hart just doesn't get those, does he? So he's about that you what, four or five inches taller than Ronald Torres, but he looks the exact same thing. Like <laughs> Torres just plowing at balls because he, he can't get to. You notice it a lot less when he's spraying extra base hits all over the yard. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. His bat, his bat has been great. Uh, he's hitting 282. I mean, hit, that, his on base percentage, man, that, that's like his, he's got to improve that. And uh, anyone want to guess without looking? Anyone want to guess how many walks does Miguel Andujar have in 131 at bats this year? I'm going to say he has four. Five, four, G. What's your guess? I'd say no more than like six or seven. 
Okay, so no more than six or seven, five, four. He has three walks. Oh, <laughs> oh dear God. A 282 average and a 296 on base percentage. That's like, see, like, I not what you want. Like, it's not what you want. Like, see, I'm a big, like, on base percentage guy. And I guess like, everyone should be a big on base percentage. He guy. just, he swings at so much. Yeah. He swings I mean, at everything, but he makes contact with everything, too. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, he's definitely got a great bat, but he just has to learn how to hit. You know, he just has to learn how to hey take take your walk. Look what Didi's doing this year. I know Didi's ice cold right now, but even with his two sixty average, his on base percentage is still three fifty. And you know, it's still early in the year, lock of change. But for Didi, that's very very good. His on base percentage last year was pretty pretty bad. And you know, to start the year, I, he slowed down with the walks, but to start the year, he was walking a lot. And I think well, he still walked, I think it was like close to 20 times this year. And he had 25 yeah. walks all last year. Yeah, he has 21 walks this year. Um, but I think that's what Didi in this, uh, his recent cold uh, spell, that's what I think he's kind of gotten away from. He's He hasn't been as – yeah, he hasn't been as patient. When he was in that hot streak, you know, a lot of those at-bats, he was walking and, you know, just waiting for his pitch. Um, another guy, obviously, we want to shout out, as always, I think we should shout him out on every show, is Aaron Judge because – He's he's been he's proving he's one of the best players in baseball once again. Um, like a lot of people, a lot of people just didn't think. A lot of people thought the judge would have a real letdown year, and man, he's been probably even better than last year at this point, especially in the field. I mean, that isn't it ridiculous that he got an error for that throw, and I believe in yet Sunday's game, the one that Gary like, couldn't handle. Yeah, it was like a short hop, like he got an error for that. Like that was a great throw. Like, you see, that's, like, something that just makes me mad about, like, baseball, where it's, like, that throw by a judge, if you're, like, if you're a Little League player or whatever, and you make that throw home, that's a great throw. Like, your coach is happy with you. You know, that's that ball's a bit more up. That's a perfect throw. But yet you get an error on that because the runner advances and the ball just, you know, got by it. it just doesn't and that was the only run Seve allowed, too. He would have pitched yeah. a six shot on innings if, yeah. if that play's made at the plate. Yeah, but – oh, man, but, yeah, judge th- – Read a stat line real quick. 311 this year so far. 11 homers, 35 runs bad in. 440 on base percentage. OPS over 1,000. Yeah. Um, he's pretty good. He is pretty good. Um, let's uh, preview this. Uh, it's not really a series. just two-game set against the Nationals from the nation's capital. I always enjoy these games, you know, anytime we play teams like the Cubs or the Dodgers or, you know, these NL teams you just don't face a lot. It's always fun. You know, I – much rather face an NL team like the uh, Nationals than the Marlins in terms of a uh, pure viewing pleasure. You know, even the Marlins gave us quite a beating that one game. Um, you know, a little bit of disappointing news because Max Scherzer was not supposed to start originally. If you check the ESPN app, uh, you know, over the weekend, Max Scherzer's name was not was not in for Wednesday, but it is now. So you know, the Yankees, I believe, they're going to face Gio Gonzalez on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will be. A- be a Tanaka Tuesday. Tanaka will be gone. And on Wednesday, it will be the big man, CeCe, on the mound, looking to continue his year. He's got a two-point PRA right now. He's been great. Against, yeah, against Max Scherzer, Mad Max, the two-time reigning NL Cy Young winner, a guy that just looks like he's on his way to a third straight Cy Young this year. I mean, Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer, especially with Kershaw being on the DL the last three seasons, I mean, Max Scherzer to me is the best pitcher in baseball right now. It's not even close. Yeah, yeah. he's just he's just 
Uh, it's kind of close. Corey Kluber is right there with him. I was about to say, I wouldn't say it's not close, but to me, I guess to me it's not close because I just think so highly of Scherzer. And I've been wanting to put him ahead of Kershaw for like the last couple of years, and I have been able to, but. Kershaw never stays healthy. Yeah. yeah. Kershaw hasn't been healthy in two years. Third straight year on the DL for Kershaw, even if it's just another short stint. But, yeah, what are you guys feeling going into this uh, national series? Uh, you know, another note, obviously, we always forget. This game's in uh, games on the road. And, yeah, we're going to see Tanaka with the bat in his hand. And we're going to see CeCe with the bat in his hands. And I still just – I still hope we get one of those, like, CeCe Brewer home runs. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love those, man. Those are great. So I was watching last night, the Sunday night baseball game was the Diamondbacks versus the Nats. And the Nats lineup is really weird just because it's full of just guys that are kind of forgotten, but they're still really good. Like last night they had Mark Reynolds and Howie Kendrick in their lineup. Who Wasn't it Mark Reynolds' season debut? Yeah, it was a season debut. He hit two home runs, which Hmm. was, was, is pretty good. But and like, no one it wants just, to find this guy. Yeah, I literally, Andrew, I literally tweeted that. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> bro, you're not up on Alex's Twitter, bro. Come on, I'm starting to get those notifications. Wow. Okay. No, but it's just it's weird because I don't think of the Nats as a team like the Yankees, where every you think everyone plays for the Yankees, like we were saying before. But the Nats have a lot of guys who just are late in their careers, like. Kendrick and Reynolds and they're producing for him. So it'll be interesting because the Nats have been pretty they're pretty good this year. Um they're hard, red, hot th- red hot. Yeah, they did they swept the D backs in four game series. One thing that I thought was pretty interesting is Harper is like three for his last twenty something. He's actually been struggling. He hit a bomb last night, but they said before that he was two for his last twenty five. And he has 13 home runs, but he's only hitting like 240. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if the Nats' offense is on, I think we might be in for a rough series against Tanaka and Sabathia. But there's also the chance that you know they're not as good because their offense really was not great yesterday. From what I was watching, they really could not hit. It was basically... Reynolds hitting bombs. Mm-hmm. And so, a, little, a little bit of context. The Nationals started off 11 and 16. They're now 24 and 18. Yes, yeah, so they've been on fire. <laughs> been, as hot as we were. Yeah. And against, you know, they've, in that time, they played the Pirates. They played the Phillies, who were having a decent year, the Padres. And then they, they swept the Diamondbacks over four Yeah. Years. So it's, it's not like. It's not like how the Red Sox had their really good start, but they had also played 10 games against the Rays. Mm-hmm. The Nats played a couple of the Diamondbacks who were really good this year. The, the Phillies were decent. Yeah. Yeah. The Phillies who are having a they're having a decent year. The Pirates are having a decent start to the year. Pirates the Pirates are half game out of first place in the Central. Yeah, exactly. And the Phillies um, are actually ahead of the Nationals still. Are they really? Man. Yeah, they are. Uh, let's see. It was by only a game or two, maybe a half a game. But, um, yeah, the Nationals are actually in third place right now in their own division. Wow. In spite of the, the Braves are in first place, which is – Braves, yeah. But, yeah, it's, I think it should, it should be a good series, I'm thinking. But 
because both these teams are red hot. I just mm-hmm. I'm a little scared because of Tanaka and CC pitching, where this year the two of them are very unpredictable so far. CC, I'm interested to see because especially because last year he was like the stopper, like you know, yeah. when he would go out after a rough start by someone else and just you know put an end to it. But this is his own. He's been really good for the most part, you know, even though he was on the DL, like, but last time out, you know, it rain shortened and he was, you know, he didn't really have it. It was his worst start of the year. So I'm interested to see how he bounces back. And um, I mean, it's hard to say that I'm looking forward to playing a team that is as hot as the nationals, especially when they did that as Bryce Harper has been in a slump, but I mean, it's easy. You got to trust him, right? I mean, Tanaka, you know, is going to give up a couple of home runs. Against it's it's tough to trust anyone against Scherzer. Let me just let me just give you some of Scherzer's numbers this year in his starts. Scherzer in every one of his starts has gone at least five innings. He has not given up any more than two earned runs in any start this year, and yeah. he struck out at least seven guys in each one of the starts. Awesome. <laughs> Sign me up. So, you know. Um, and I believe he's only had one start that was not a quality start. And that was against the Braves. So that seems good. How many, he had yeah, like he, four walks in that game, right? So he threw a lot of pitches early. Um he only had a couple of walks, but he had five runs, only two were earned, uh two walks. So oh. yeah, yeah, one of those starts. What's but, really interesting going to this series is that a lot of guys in the lineup, the Yankees lineup are, are struggling as well, too. You know, you seem like Stanton's getting getting hot, Judge is hitting pretty well. We lose the DH though, so those guys are going to be playing the corners. Either you're going to have Judge or Gardner sitting. Um, I'm guessing they're going to bench Gardner against the lefty Gonzalez tomorrow, and they'll start. Yeah, and then they'll start Gardner against Scherzer. But I, I mean, you have one less bat. I'm not really going to expect Tanaka or CC to do anything other than sack punt and strike out. Um, so you're going to have to have someone like Didi pick it up again. I don't think you can continue looking to guys like Glaber or Neil Walker at the bottom to to be the, the heroes. You know, you're gonna have to have someone up top like Didi get back into the swing of things, especially losing the DH for two games. Yeah, I really need DD to uh get back in anything because he's I mean two sixty at this point. Like man. I just I really I can't get over how DD went from just the hottest man in baseball to the coldest man in baseball. It's a crazy sport, but you know, now they, his batting average is really only just a few ticks higher than Giancarlo for all the crap that we gave him to start. Mm-hmm. Season, right. Like, yeah, it just shows you how fast things could change. Right. Um, the nationals, though, they currently do not have a 300 hitter. Um, their hitter with the highest average is Harry Kendrick, who's hitting just a tick under 300. Um, obviously Trey Turner is having himself an okay year. Uh, he really hasn't, lift things up yeah harper's only hitting 236 he's got the power numbers 13 homers and 30 rbis but I, listen to this 236 average 400 on base percentage for harper so he's still getting on base well that's because ever that's because no pitcher wants to pitch to him yeah they're not giving him anything to behind him in the lineup like what, what, what is to be gained by pitching to bryce as opposed yeah. to behind him yeah i want to say i want to say the other i want to say last night it was kendrick that was batting cleanup yeah, I mean, he's been other than Harper. He's probably been their best. Or, I mean, Matt Adams for uh, has ten homers so far. So that's that's a renaissance right there. Yeah. Where does he play them? Is he in the outfielder? He's the left fielder. Yeah, 
And he's actually like not terrible in the outfit. He lost a bunch of weight from when yeah. he was in St. Louis, so he's yeah. more spry. <laughs> I think see the Nationals have a good enough like enough good hitters that I'd say it's more of just an, a pure slump for Bryce than it is like people not wanting to pitch to him. Mm. You know, Adams has ten home runs. You got to respect that. Like, you know, Kendrick's batting three hundred. Now they have Mark Reynolds. Like, you know, it's I think it's he's probably just in a slump. You know, he hit that home run yesterday though that was such a shot that the outfielders literally didn't even move. But like, I mean, they have enough good hitters on the roster that they should be able to find someone who can adequately protect him. I just think he's just not hitting right now. Yeah. Someone that on the nationals that's really had a rough go of things. Um, Michael Taylor's hitting 186. Mm. Michael A. Taylor. Yeah, and he's yeah he's has a, it's not just you know small sample size he has 145 at bats and he's hitting 186 with three homers. That's not very good. And a 253 on Yeah, the Nationals lineup definitely doesn't scare you by any means. But I've always said this about the Nationals, and then you know obviously just talking about postseason. But the Nationals are a team that I would just hate for the Yankees to face in like a World Series because. You know, well, you they have to win a playoff series for that to happen gonna, first. Look, they, I was, I was say, you got to get out of the NLDS first, but guys, it, it's the year for, it, the Capitals are in the, are in the finals, and they look like they might be going to the Stanley Cups. It might be the year for Washington to break the curses. Conference finals, then like the Wizards can make it. The any Nationals can make it. Any Washington team can make it. Like I never thought. The mm, let's be honest. The Wizards, the Wizards can't make it. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. But no, seriously, the Nationals. You know, you're, that's a team that. Do you see game one Scherzer and game two Strasburg? And game four Scherzer. Yeah, that's hell. Like that's literally hell. I would give me any other NL team other than those two guys because that's like that's all I care about when it comes to like postseason. It's like, all right, do you have two pitchers like back to back starting pitchers that could shut me down that can shut my team down? Okay, I don't want to face you. All right, can we go Silverino on zero days rest? Like <laughs> uh Sevy game. And, one. and, and, and Tanaka too. You can throw Tanaka because he's good in the postseason. The Yankees only had a shot against the the Astros because Charlie Morton laid an egg in Game Three, and then they got to the bullpen in Games Four and Five. Exactly. I mean, you you face a guy like like Verlander who just owns you and goes out and dominates. Like you have no shot in those games. Yeah, like no, like really, people like people don't get this. Like people who really like never played baseball or just aren't that big of baseball fans. Like they just don't get this. Like when a guy like Verlander, a guy like Scherzer is just dealing, they're like, oh, like why can't they hit them? It's like. Nothing, there's literally nothing you could do. Like you're just yeah. trying to work this guy, trying to get his count up, trying to get him the hell out of there. Like whatever you're gonna, whatever you're gonna try and do, he's already thinking you're gonna do that, and he's one step ahead of you. <laughs> like Verlander in that postseason was just nails. Like he just breaks your heart, but he was just phenomenal. And, no, you know, Yankees Twitter was like that when we lost our nine-game winning streak. The first game they lost in the stretch when they got absolutely annihilated by Charlie Morton. People were like, oh, well, well, he's terrible. It's like, look at his numbers. He's he's having a phenomenal year, and he has no hit stuff tonight. He actually carried yeah. a no-hitter into the sixth inning, right? Like, like, you have to understand that when a guy's in the zone, you, you have no shot. Just just mm-hmm. own it. That's baseball. Let's also, not, let's also not forget that Brian Cashman should be fired because he didn't trade for Verlander. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, I thought you were gonna say Garrett Cole. Oh, yeah, and Cole too. Yeah. Garrett if only there was a way. Every pitcher that's on the Astros should be on the Yankees right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did just have a 16 strikeout game, so I can see why <laughs> one day Sunny Sunny Gray go out there and lay an egg. I can see why that would be a sensitive <laughs> subject for Yankee fans. Like a little bit. Justin Verlander, I the cost for that should have been or well, would have been a lot higher. I think for the Yankees since they're 
system is so loaded, people are just going to ask for things like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no, and with Verlander, the Astros traded for him the end of August, and the Yankees got gray at the beginning of August. So they would have had to go an entire month at with Jaime Garcia as like their main number five starter. Even so, that could have you know not been good. Yeah, very bad. Um, since we're talking about starting pitchers and trades, uh, you know, this summer I think it's it goes without saying that the Yankees are going to add a starting pitcher this summer. And if they don't add a starting pitcher, then they're going to add you know just maybe even add like another bullpen guy and just, you know, make the game over by the end of the fifth if they, if they can add a starter. But, you know, I wrote an article a week or so ago about how I think the Yankees should get Bumgarner. And I know he's hurt right now. I know it depends on him coming back. But who do you – what are some starting pitchers other than Bumgarner? Because obviously Bumgarner I think is just a big prize. Who are some other starting pitchers who would be reasonable to get that you would want to see the Yankees get like in the summer? That you right now I think, there's, I think there's one because – we yeah. talked about Danny Duffy a couple weeks ago, and he is atrocious right now. I wouldn't he is come near that. Awful this year. <laughs> Andrew, and Cole we, me, is, me and Andrew is, were just talking about that in uh, about we because I have a fantasy team that I had Danny Duffy on. Andrew has one, and we both dropped him because he did what like three innings yesterday. He gave up nine runs to the Indians or something like that. Yeah, He's but it's not even like one bad start. He, his one good start was the previous start. He went like yeah. six innings, got the win. But he's like one and six with an area of, I think, eight or nine. His, his ERA is really bad. Not to, uh, to totally poo-poo your article, but, I mean, Madison Bumgarner, as awesome as he was in the postseason throughout his, you know, first several years of his career, I'd be super concerned uh, about you know him missing a big chunk of the season last year with an injury, and then missing another big chunk this year. Uh, that was a freak accident. He got hurt in like yeah. a motorcycle thing. That wasn't yeah. a, a baseball related injury. I, I guess, but it's still. I mean, I don't know. It's 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 a concern for me. I mean, if you can get him, then by all means get him. But like, it's I, I'm still concerned about it. Like, I maybe look for someone a little bit younger with less. Miles on the on the tires. I don't know. Well, then you could go the 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 Luigi route and say the Yankees are going to trade for Garrett Cole because you know the Astros <laughs> are just going to give him up for nothing because he's been because they're going to DFA him, right, Luigi? Yeah. Hey, you guys, you got to sell high. Going into the season, man. That I don't. Garrett Cole was just <laughs> fucking shit. I mean, with Bumgarner, I would take Bumgarner literally dirt biking his way to the games right now and pitching over Sonny Gray. Like, I, Bumgarner could do whatever he wants. Like, I literally would take <laughs> Madison Bumgarner. His, he throw the, right. He'd probably be look, better. All those dirt mounds in the Bronx. All the, yeah, exactly. Great place to dirt bike. But seriously, Madison Bumgarner in the postseason is just insane. I mean, it's just one like I've. That third run, I remember. I said, I was, I kept saying to myself, like, he's not going to do this again, is he? Like, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. His last season. start in the playoffs, he did give up a home run to Jake Arrieta. So, yeah, you're Jake right. <laughs> um, and then didn't he get a home run off Arrieta? Was that the game where they both pitchers went deep off each other in the playoffs? Uh, I yeah. want to say he did, but that's that, maybe that happened in the regular season. I think it went. I think it was the regular season. That two point one four career postseason ERA, man, just. And his his, his World Series area is like point three, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I believe he's given up 
what like a total of two earned runs and like five or six World Series starts. I mean, it's just insane. I, oh my god, Madison Bumgarner in the starter. Because look, right now, are you confident with a rotation of Sevsky, Masta, Cece, Gray? Oh god, I'm not. No, against friggin- I would sooner slot in like I would sooner slot in like Montgomery before I would, you yeah. know, Sonny Gray. I would slot Which is myself more- before Sonny Gray. Bring bring that up to Cashman, Luigi. Let's see how that works out for you. I mean, I you know, I would I would actively lose games just like Sonny Gray's doing. So what would really be the difference? <laughs> they can do the uh, lost one first place. They can do the Tampa Bay Rays bullpen day before they start Sonny Gray. Oh yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah, right. Bullpen day. Bull, such a great idea. Like when someone told me the Rays were doing that, I legit thought they were like they were joking. I'm like, wait, you're actually serious? Like, hey, it's doing something for them. They're not in last place. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> or, or, the O's are taking it's that stress about how bad the Orioles are than it yeah. does about how good the Rays are. Um, yeah, the Orioles Danny, also beat the Rays 17 to one yesterday. Oh so <laughs> yeah, Danny Duffy leads the league in earned runs, <laughs> 34 and in 47 innings. So let's go ahead and answer your question to bring it back full circle. I think there's one answer for a guy the Yankees can trade for. Uh, and You know what? Actually, I don't even – I was going to say Patrick Corbin, but the Diamondbacks are in first place. Why would they trade their ace? I was about to say. <laughs> like, what do you do? Andrew, what about Chris Archer? Yo, let's totally get him, man. <laughs> he has like a five-and-a-half ERA this year. Yeah, and his his ERA plus of like one point – of 103 over the last three seasons makes him like such a world-class pitcher, man. Yeah, but like I said, you know, you guys give you guys give me flack about Garrett Cole, but it is pretty crazy that what he's doing this year. I mean, is he on pace? Is he still on pace with three hundred plus strikeouts? Like he, I mean, I think he is. Uh, I have no idea. But yeah, because I remember after that sixteen strikeout performance, I think I saw something that he was on pace for like three hundred plus strikeouts, and he's just he's been insane. And it just, I mean, that Astros team just going into the postseason, like. We need another starter to compete with that. And even the Red Sox. I mean, I know I know David Price is like <laughs> – so I'm just laughing about like the whole Fortnite David Price story right now. But <laughs> like, I'm just – like, you know, the Red Sox, I know Porcello is like not, – not, doesn't really scare you, but, you know, Sale, Porcello, Price. Imagine coming up with that as your excuse to not have to face the Yankees. I mean, dude. Just, That's true. <laughs> The amount of stories I've heard about David Price and just like how much, like how soft he is, and just how like terrible of like a clubhouse guy—it's just—it's actually incredible. Like, he's I'm like a lesser version of Matt Harvey. Yeah. Oh, I was about to say like he's. <sighs> it's kind of incredible because you know the, uh, the first first two start three starts of the season he was really good and like he's he actually good. and then he faced the Yankees and went an inning. And then, yeah, and then he, like, goes and in against the Yankees, leaves. You're like, all right. And I literally just checked, I think, like, his last start. And I said, oh, my God, he's a 5.5 ERA. Like, yeah. you know, the first few starts, he was doing great. So He yeah, pitched, he got lit up in he pitched okay not, against the Jays the other day. At least they're not paying him $30 million a year. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thank God. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it's a weird schedule. The Yankees this week, they just have that two, the two games against the Nationals. Then they have another off day Thursday. You know, you don't have an off day for like weeks, then you have two in the same week. Uh, that's baseball for you. But can't predict. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, Susan. But the Yankees, I don't know if you guys have seen um, 
who they're after this uh, two quick two game uh, trip against the Nationals. You know their next two series um, after facing that murderer's row of teams, they get a little bit of a break. Uh, both of these series are on the road, so mm-hmm. obviously that's always mm-hmm. a little bit of an obstacle. But hey. and fun fact, um, if you guys are following our our snap story, I'll actually have full coverage on one of those road series. I'll be at Globe Life Park for Yankees Rangers Monday through Wednesday of next week. So be sure to tune in there. Oh, shameless wow. plug. Wow. Yeah. Shameless plug breaking news. We're the first working <laughs> about it too, but yeah. So, the, you know, Andrew alluded to, we're going to be in, you know, playing the Rangers in Texas. And before that we got a three game set against the Royals. And I think the Royals and Rangers both are in like that category of 10 teams that just are absolutely awful. And I think the Rangers, it's more so a little bit more because of injuries. The Royals it's more so because they are just actually really bad. So those should be two games that or two series that the Yankees should get at least four wins out of a uh, Alex and Andrew's boy Danny Duffy going to start Saturday against uh, Herman. Dear God, that should, that should be a good matchup. Whatever the over is for that that game, bet the over. Yeah. Um, Sonny Gray also is also starting the first game. If Sonny Gray can't have a good start against the Royals, like DFA him on the spot, like trade him for whoever, like trade him for Rob Ref Snyder. Like I don't care. <laughs> Freaking like, come on! You got the Royals. This is your start to just you know get things going. But who knows? Who knows? I mean, if Miracle Worker Austin Roman can't fix them, then I don't know what we're supposed to do. <laughs> not not to shade Austin Roman. I like Austin Roman, but I yeah, mean, no, no. like that. You know, Jonathan wrote that good article, but I feel like honestly, it's gotten a little bit out of hand. Like just because we're all so frustrated by how bad he's been, we're willing to believe literally anything. To, to get it fixed. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny. Cause like, you know, Boone in like spring training was just saying, no, you know, I don't believe in personal catchers. And it's like a month later, like, you know, Austin Romine's going to be catching Sonny Gray again. And it's not a knock on Boone. It's just like, you know, like Boone doesn't ble- like, doesn't like personal catchers. Like he shouldn't. And not even two months into the season, he, he realized like, ah, I, I got to put Romine with Gray because this, this guy's a freaking head case and he's just been awful with Sanchez. And, well, know, whatever, whatever can help, right? Uh, Jose Molina started a World Series game to catch AJ Burnett. So, yeah, that's the classic example, right? But yeah, that's all we got this week. That's not um, all we got. We have to actually introduce Matt. <laughs> <laughs> so, gee, um, <laughs> you're. Do you have your uh, your least favorite Yankee of all time ready? He's had it for an hour and a half, Luigi. Yeah, that's. I mean, so I'm going to, I guess, interrupt my own segment before I get to that by saying that since we're talking about Yankees that I have, I don't like, I've truthfully never been the biggest fan of Brett Gardner. Oh my He's God. not my least favorite of all it's time. It's true. So Andrew knows, but – so it's it's gotten better over the last couple of years as I've gotten to respect his ability and just you know stature on the team as a you know a leader and you know he's a quality you know he puts on good at bats and you know things like that but I just I don't know just never been the biggest fan of the guy um, but it's okay because he, he's he's coming around for my least favorite Yankee of all time it's got to be Sergio Mitre. Oh, um, and. It's funny because, you know, you can never really remember how of you can't really pick out any of his countless terrible outings. 
But the one outing of Sergio Mitre that I do remember was back, I think, in August of 2009. He pitched, like, into the sixth inning with a perfect game and then left with an injury. But, yeah, so he just seemed like one of those guys that was like Girardi just loved him or maybe he just needed an arm, but it seemed like he pitched all the time and he was just bad. Like, he was just, yeah, so he's, that's what I came up with. That's my least favorite of all time. And, you know, we really didn't ask you for a hot take because at this point, uh, you know, we're 16 games above 500. Uh, you know, like, if you have a hot take for us, be free to say it, but you don't, like, the hot takes are more of a preseason thing. So you don't, don't there feel players who haven't played yet <clears throat> you can say that my i wrote down i put my hot takes in article form when i wrote my brett gardner piece last week and then he went out literally that night and had like three games plus <laughs> the, the rbi game. triple he had the double the red sox game right yeah. i thought you were gonna say all your all your articles are just hot takes yeah well i mean i don't know can't win them all we have other people for that luigi <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, I, I shamed myself. I shamed myself in a tweet that night. <laughs> Sergio Mitre, as a Yankee in a few years, had a five point three five ERA with a you know the whip a one point four whip. I, I was expecting a lot worse, but yeah, <laughs> I was expecting like a one point eight whip or something. But does yeah. that include his second term of duty? We had like a fourteen ERA. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's his uh, total time with the Yanks. But, yes, yeah, Sergio Mitre is still Adam. pitching, by the way. He's pitching in, like, the Mexican League. He I was about to say, yeah, okay. Have you guys seen pictures of him though? His his hair and his beard. He looks like like a homeless guy. He's had like <laughs> yeah. this, this, you know, the short haircut and like the the goatee look going on. Now he's got like hair he's down got, his back, like hair down to his shoulders and a big thick beard. Like he's yeah, he, he really like does look like a caveman. <laughs> like he kind of just walked out of the woods and walked onto the pitchers, man. Like, hey man, still doing it though, right? Uh, <laughs> Let's see what he plays for. The Toros de Tijuana of the Mexico, Mexican Baseball League. Hey, good for him. But that's still all we got. Hanging on, still hanging on to the dream. Still, hey, still living the dream. Uh, but, yeah, it's all. It's felt good to get back in the uh, the potting, potting spirit. Um, we'll be back for another episode later in the week after the Yankees hopefully take two for, in the nation's capital. Um, we might be watching future Yankee Bryce Harper. I know that makes a lot of people mad, but you know, hey, it's not a hot take, though. <laughs> not a hot take. That's most likely a correct take. But yeah, any uh, any final thoughts, guys? The Yankees don't suck again. Also, yeah, eaters. The Yankees don't suck, um, as many people thought they did um, when they were nine and nine, and like, yeah, guys, are we, or when are they we, were. 20... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh. wait. Are we, how are we going to catch Boston? Like how we're seven and a half back. How are we going to catch the Red Sox? I think we're going to have to win 17 of 18 to do it. Can you imagine rooting for a loser team and like the, the worst of the two New York teams? Like like the Mets know how to win extra inning games. We can't do anything. You know, I saw a stat real quick. I want to going to end the show, but I saw a stat that like the Mets, it was something in the nineties. Like they had lost ninety four yesterday before Sunday's game where they came back. They had lost like ninety five straight games where they entered the ninth inning trailing. 
What? <laughs> something crazy like that. Like just something that you say, like, wait, really? Like it's like a three year span, right? Like just create I swear, it was just one of those crazy stats you see that you just don't believe. But hey, that's Mets baseball for you, right? But hey, Jacob DeGrom threw forty five pitches in the first inning yesterday. Oh, and that got hurt. And didn't even give up a run, right? Hey, the three yeah. walk three walks, gave up I think it was nineteen foul balls in an inning. Oh, Nah, that, that, my that, my that. final thought for the whole thing is that the Giancarlo Homer binge is coming, and it's Ooh, coming now. And I think I, there's his hot take. It, it, there is it really a hot take? The guy had 59 home runs last year. Well, all right, I'll give you a hot take. He's hit, he's hitting one off of Max Scherzer on, on Thursday. Ooh. Okay, Ooh. Thursday. That's a really hot take. Sorry, Wednesday. <laughs> 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 all right, we got boys. Hot takes. Yeaters. Yeaters.